0: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today
2: it's time it's, time. it's time. T- time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't
3: find anywhere else here's former super bowl winning scout brian broadis and bobby belt
0: Ten, five victory cowboys win
3: this is love of a, a star, star. Stop. Welcome to the Love to Star Stop. Podcast. I'm Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 the Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 the Fan in Dallas. You can also catch him as the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, one more preseason game. That's all we have. And I, and I do got to say, I think this is the first. Maybe it's the second. Uh, podcast we've done here where Brian and I have matching mics. So I know some of you on the YouTube have been upset. We read your comments, all of them. I saw some of you were upset with the levels. So I said, all right, I'm going to get a mic just like Brian's. So here we are. We got a mic here. We uh, we crowd crowdsourced this and we, we're listening to you guys. So you guys have been heard in the YouTube. So keep dropping comments in there because we love hearing from you guys. But uh, we've got the same mic now. So we should have the same level. We should be all good. Brian, how are you uh, doing today and how excited are you for this final preseason game? This is uh, this was the Scouts game back in the day, right?
2: Back in the day, they called this the Scouts game. And what makes it even more unique is the fact that we only have one cut. And so, you know, the one roster reduction. And it used to be a time where uh, there was the, uh, you know, when you had the reduction before the final game and then it turned into, okay, well, how are you going to have enough players uh, to be able to play the game but also not expose your starters to the game. And so uh, by allowing all the teams to keep all their players and that have the one cut, you know, we'll probably um, get to see something very similar for the Cowboys that we've seen for the last couple of games. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I think there's some questions uh, still at wide receiver – uh, with the numbers there. I think there's some questions now with what's gone on with, with the overshown injury. Uh, I think there's some questions at defensive tackle uh, with uh, with guys like Quentin Bohanna. Will they keep three defensive tackles? Will they just keep two? Um, there are still plenty of things that you're going to have to work through. The running back situation is another one, Bobby, that You know, have they made up their mind about the number of running backs they're going to keep? Is it trying to put Malik Davis on waivers and see if you can get him back and put him on the practice squad? Uh, Are there top possibilities of trading uh, for an offensive tackle uh, or a guard and then claiming other positions like a linebacker? I. I think when we get to the final reduction, matter of fact, I think there's going to be some roster manipulation of guys that they're probably going to go without a long snapper. They might go without CJ Goodwin, you know, again, the vested veteran thing, but he's got guaranteed money now. So it might be a little bit more difficult to play that card, yep. but uh, we'll see uh, nation. Wright Might be a guy. Now, remember this. If you're a guy that's hurt, they might have to keep you on the active roster for the one day and then they could put you on injured reserve. And then they can bring you back at that uh, that time, that, uh, that the four-week period or three-week period that they have. So a lot of things about to happen. and But you're going to play a football game. And it's going to be one final shot to see uh, if the decisions that you're making. And I'm sure that Will McClay and Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy have an idea when they look at their personnel board. They've got a lot of those tags tilted right now and then there's some guys that they have absolute questions about so uh, this is exciting for 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 me just because I'd like to see which way these questions get answered
3: yeah and look we've got several questions that need answering uh, outside of just the roster uh, you know questions about Sam Williams that we'll get into here shortly <laughs> uh, some questions like you mentioned about Uh, covering for DeMarvy and Overshown and some of their plans with that, which Stephen Jones did give us a little bit of insight into how they plan on attacking that. Before we get into those questions, I'm I'm just curious uh, to run through the last we left. You had not gotten a chance to really dive into the tape yet. I know you've gotten a chance to see the tape now. Any big takeaways for you coming out of that second preseason game? Anything that, that really stuck out to you as, oh, this is a good sign or this is a bad one or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I think that those uh, young offensive linemen are continuing to try and find footing uh, to solidify spots, maybe seven, eight, nine uh, for uh, the roster. Um, I really do like what I've seen from TJ Bass uh, Bass as a as a guard uh, possible uh, you know option there. Uh, I think that uh, Josh Ball probably played his best game. Uh, as a uh, as a Dallas Cowboy, and again, it's not a lot of regular season action. It's more of just the you know with the with the preseason variety. But I thought he acquitted himself very well. Awesome Richards continues to show the ability to play both tackle and guard. It's not always perfect for him. I think Quentin Bohanna. I mentioned him early uh, for some of the opportunities that uh, he was able uh, to show. Um, you know, we've we've are kind of figuring out things about Kelvin Joseph playing in the secondary. Um, so yeah, um, uh, Marquise Bell is he going to be a guy that you know Marquise Bell? Every time you look at the final stats, when we do our post game show, Bobby. He's one of the guys. that's one of the top guys when it comes to tackling. Uh, you know, top tacklers on the team. You know, uh, I I think that, uh, that that Tolbert solidified his spot as the four. Uh, I think he could push for three, uh, you know, given that we'll see what happens with and, and this is not against uh this is not against anything of Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup has done just fine in the opportunities he's got. I just think that I think that uh that Jalen Tolbert has the bit between his teeth right now to steal a horse racing term. You know, he sees an opportunity here. He's he's really he's on the other side of the hill now. With his confidence and he's uh you know he's showing that he can make plays so yeah it's uh i think the quarterback situation if you felt like that maybe will greer was getting an opportunity to you know carry uh close the ground on cooper rush uh, i don't think that's the case at all so cooper rush is clearly your backup and you know maybe that's the way it should be after he was four and one last year but. You kind of thought that maybe Will Greer would compete. I thought Will Greer. We'll see if Will Greer, in fact, is one of those guys that gets on the fifty-three man roster. You know that kind of thing. Uh, you know, maybe they We'll see if they're going to carry the three quarterbacks or not. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a there's uh those are the kinds of things that you you noticed uh, in this game. Uh, you know, when when we sat down and watched the All Twenty Two,
3: Stephen Jones tells us uh, this week tells the media that uh, Jalen Tolbert has, like you mentioned taken that number four role that is his now uh now the question like you mentioned maybe he cuts into a little bit of the Michael Gallup workload maybe he competes with him a little bit or maybe it's just something to give you some confidence in the receiving core after Brandon Cooks is is done here whenever that may be um but either way given the number four role that's locked in sounds like he could be on ice this weekend uh because that against the Raiders um but when you look at john stevens who we talked about last week and said hey maybe he would have been kind of a fringe guy steven jones outright told us uh that you know no he was that was a guy who had played his way onto the 53 pretty much um which is kind of a surprising comment to me i thought that maybe he would have been in contention but that sounded like they firmly liked him on the 53 man roster does that spell trouble you think for sean McEwen or peyton hendershot i mean neither one is in trouble at this point due to the acl injury and stevens being out but Uh, That means that one of them was in all likelihood on the chopping block here.
2: Well, could it have also been whoever the sixth receiver was? Brooks? Yeah, if it was, what if it was Jalen Brooks? What if it was, you know, you play with five wide receivers and, you know, you have that, it gives you the flexibility to to potentially have the extra tight end. You know, McEwen has made some plays. He's also had some times where he hasn't been as good. You know, I, I think that. I think overall this group has blocked pretty well. Uh, I, I think there has been improvement with with Ferguson. I think there's been improvement uh, with Hendershot and with McEwen. Uh, you know, Stevens was a guy that I th- you know I know talking to people really outside the organization, which you know th- these are like the guys that and the gals that we work with, the Todd Archers and stuff like that, who have a very good handle on this roster. You know, even Brad Sham there felt like that maybe that John Stevens was more of a practice squad kind of guy, yeah. you know, that, that he was, you know, let's not, I'm not calling it fool's gold, but you know, he'd had good practices. Uh, he had had good games, uh, but okay. Where was that roster spot going to come from? You know, where it would, how much did you really like McEwen? As we mentioned, how much do you really like the sixth wide receiver you know, if you're going to keep six, does would John Stevens have been the sixth wide receiver in number? You know, not in you know not in position, but sure. You know, where would you have stolen that roster spot in order? Man, maybe it's the third quarterback thing again. Maybe you know, maybe you have to to kind of figure some things out that way. But I, I it's interesting because I I was kind of torn with him. I was thinking like, man, okay, yeah, this guy he's. He's doing everything he can to make this team, you know. But was it going to be enough to take somebody out? Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it absolutely was. not Stephen Jones, in fact, is telling you the truth.
3: So let's talk about Marquise Bell now, a guy who I know you had mentioned about what him kind of loading up the stat sheet recently. Marquise Bell, a guy who, even though he came out of Florida A&M and he was a yeah. uh, community college transfer, a lot of people may not realize he was at Maryland uh, I mean, yeah. he was a Big Ten recruit, and this is a guy who got into some trouble off the field, uh, was suspended ahead of his freshman season, transferred. But this is somebody that was viewed as a a big-time, you know, a player capable of playing big-time college football for Maryland. Um, and so he ends up going to Florida A&M, has sort of the J. Ron Curse body type. Like, I think we've viewed it the last couple of years as this is their future replacement for J. Ron Curse. But what's been intimated by Marquise Bell and Stephen Jones this week is that Bell is going to be the guy that they're going to try and duplicate some of the packages that they wanted to do with Marvi and Overshown. Obviously, I think Overshone is somebody who's got a better blitzing ability, somebody who can function almost with edge-like traits at times. But uh, it, I find it interesting that they're going to go with Bell here because I, I felt like some of the stuff they wanted to do with Overshone, you're not going to be able to replicate it with other people on the roster. That was what was so unique about Overshone's skill set and his size and his ability but Bell is probably the closest one you can replicate in terms of size. And all right, he can cover a little. He can fill the run game. The the pass rush is not quite the same. And and I don't think the football like you no slight to Marquise Bell. is just a Marvin Overshown is such a high football like you. I think you're going to have a hard time finding that with any young player. But your your thoughts on Bell potentially stepping in and taking some of these overshone like reps?
2: Yeah, I've. Um... In my mind I've kinda of gone round and round because I'm I, I was a little disappointed and I'm sure the coaching staff was disappointed too because of what happened with Overshone. And I wonder if there's certain packages or certain ideas that they had for him in mind that they're now have to completely scrap. That they're gonna have to say, We don't have the player with the capability. You mentioned Bell, um, You know, Overshone's a 230 pound guy. Bell's a 218 pound guy. Both have a nose for the football. Both have the ability to finish. Uh, You know, uh, Bell uh, is a guy that's probably a little bit lax in coverage from what you got in Overshone. But when you're talking about being around the football, when you're talking about uh, finishing plays, Bell is right there with Overshone. And what's so sad about The Overshown thing is, you know, he was selected there in the third round. If Overshown plays, they do a redraft, and I guarantee you it's going to be one of these guys that, well, maybe he should have been selected, you know, in the second round, higher in the second round. Maybe he was a bottom one guy that should have been, you know, a late one, you know, kind of a thing. I I think that his play was going to be one of those times when you do radio like you and I do for a living that we were going to talk about, who in the league uh, outplayed their draft status? And Overshone probably was going to be one of those guys. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. Um, I think that uh, that that Bell is capable of just because of the traits I told you, the finish, the fine, the you know, finding the ball, all those things are really, really positive for him. Uh, and maybe, again, uh, you know, Dan Quinn, the one thing I could trust about these defensive coaches is they will take players, they will find their strengths, and then they'll use them in that way. We can't, we, we haven't always been able to say that about players here with the Dallas Cowboys through history. You know, there's been times where, uh, whether it's Rod Marinelli or Mike Nolan, you know, we felt like, wow, this player was drafted and now we're trying to kind of figure out what he is. These guys, if they if they don't figure out, okay, he's this, but not this, they will play to a player's strength. That's the one thing I really appreciate about Dan Quinn and this defensive staff. They will find the right guys to play in their scheme.
3: You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, All
3: right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love of the Star Podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. So, Brian, you mentioned there that they will always find the right guys to play within their scheme. One of the criticisms that has been leveled against the Dallas Cowboys in recent history is have they always found the right guys in terms of off the field, in terms of football character, particularly in that second round uh, where they love to pick the Blue Star special, the medically flagged or character flagged player that kind of slipped to them a little bit in the second round. Sometimes those have worked out great. Uh, Sean Lee is an example of that. Uh, even a guy like Bruce Carter did some good things for you here in Dallas uh, as a flag player. The last character flag that maybe slipped to you a little uh, where there were questions, uh, maybe Demarcus Lawrence, a guy who had slipped a little bit for some questions coming out of Boise State that he's answered correctly. But otherwise, you've had some bad luck with this, and it was well, on play again.
2: What about Kelvin Joseph?
3: Oh, Kelvin Joseph is the most recent example of The most of recent
2: it. one, if you want to think about – Uh, guys that had the most question marks uh, about their off-the-field stuff. Yeah,
3: Yeah. well, and that's the thing is that you got to remember, think of some of the guys that they've uh, dealt with in recent years uh, or had questions about. Dak Prescott had the drunk driving incident ahead of the draft. That was something that some people wondered if it pushed him to the back end of the fourth. Um, You had the Kelvin Joseph pick. A lot of questions about Kelvin Joseph. Lyle Collins. They had to do a lot of investigation in Lyle Collins when there were questions about was he potentially involved in and a potential murder, um, which he was not. It was something that he was cleared of. Um, But these, these sorts of questions that have existed about players with all of those questions that have existed, Brian, I know that with Sam Williams, as somebody put it to me uh, with the team, they said that over the last decade, any player that's been on the Cowboys board, they did not, they, they haven't spent more time or resources on investigating a player's background than Sam Williams. And Sam Williams, the second-round pick out of Ole Miss last year, who had a really strong rookie season, I think, especially for a pass rusher where the learning curve can be a little steep sometimes. Uh, He was a good player for you last year, and he's looked good out here during these practices and during these preseason games. He, on Sunday, gets arrested on their return to Frisco. The charge was unlawful possession of a gun and he also had possession of a controlled substance, which is rumored or reported. I'm not sure which one yet. I think it's just I think it has been officially reported that he had concentrated THC. So it wasn't exactly marijuana It's probably THC in a vape pen. But is uh, the, pen, Lillian, the pen's
2: the biggest problem, right? The
3: pen the, the, is a problem. The because pen, that's a the, controlled pen's the substance. problem. Yeah, that's a controlled the, substance. That is a yeah. state that is a uh, I believe the term for a state jail felony. Um, and so that's a felony, and the possession of the gun. Then, when coupled with that, makes the possession of the firearm unlawful. So, I think
2: the gun's the least of his problems.
3: Well, there's yeah, and I mean he was in the going state on, of
2: Texas. That is
3: well, yeah, unless until you couple it with the vape, yeah. that's when you've yeah. got the problem. But yeah. these couple of issues here for Sam Williams, and this is something that we talked about with the fight. You remember, I said last week when we talked about the Sam Williams fight, I said that I think the thing that's probably uh, teams recognize scraps happen these fights happen they don't always love them but they occur that's one of the guys they don't want like unable to settle down But like they don't want to see him out there just go and take off the pads let's go like mm-hmm. once the fight's kind of dispersed that's the last guy who needs to be doing it and for reasons like this they had a ton of questions about him coming out and this is just a continuation i think of maturation questions and frankly just Come on, be be smarter, dude. Like, I think that's the way the Cowboys feel about it. Jerry Jones seemed a little flippant about it, talking to reporters yesterday. In fact, last year, Sam Williams went 98 miles per hour, and this stop, he was pulled over going 66. And so Jerry's comment on it was, well, that's improvement. Uh, you know, we're 32 miles per hour slower. So I guess by next year, Sam Williams will be driving 34 miles per hour. Uh, but Brian, your just overall thoughts on on what it's like being in a front office dealing with things like this as they come in and just going like, man, what a knucklehead. And two, how the Cowboys approach this. Like, is this something that when you're in an NFL front office, do you just kind of go like, ah, you idiot, you got caught? Or is it is it a signal for a larger concern usually?
2: Well, you never want your players to be arrested. That's yeah. one thing. Uh, The fact that you talked about all the legwork that they did on Sam while he was in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, shows you how much they uh, value the player. And there's a lot of things you will put up with when the player's really, really good. But there also comes a responsibility where you have to be very mindful of where you're at you know, remember very early Ezekiel Elliott, you know, we were all kind of in that mode where, well, man, he ain't going to last this contract. You know, he, he's, he's oh, something. There good.
3: were, there were yeah, both yeah. publicly and privately Ezekiel oh, Elliott. Gosh. For those of you that yeah. don't know, Ezekiel Elliott was a pain in the ass for this football team the first three years he was here.
2: There's no question. And there was, uh, there was like, this guy is going to, this guy is going to off the field himself off this team is what's going to happen. And Things turned around for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, You know, he figured out that, like, okay, if I'm going to – I understand the spotlight. You know, he went to a big-time school at Ohio State, and there's a lot of things they got away with there during their Urban Meyer administration, you know, that we're learning about.
3: Had to grow up a little.
2: He had to grow up a little. And I think the Cowboys are probably thinking the same thing about Sam Williams right now, that there's going to be times where, you know, like, Sam, listen, we can't have this happen every year. We can't have you, A, driving uh, a high rate of speed, B, carrying a, a, a gun, and C, you know, carrying, you know, drugs, you know. And that's where I think that or drug paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, you know, there, there comes a time where you do have to grow up or they're going to have to move on or the law will take it into their hands, or the NFL, see, you never want to put your future in the hands of the NFL, you yeah. just don't. You just don't, anything that goes up there to New York and goes through that office, potentially, you know, look what they did to you know these guys with the gambling stuff, you know, year suspension, Calvin Ridley, you know, year suspension. You don't. You do. Just do not want to put your future in the hands of the NFL because they will find a way to come down on you in a way that hurts your pocketbook, you know, and hurts your reputation for, you know, future things. And so I, I hope that Sam grows up. He. You're right. There was no player last year that did. It, it was very reminiscent of what we used to see with David Irving. And remember, oh, yeah. how, remember how David Irving would play like minimal snaps and come up with three tackles for loss or cause a fumble or get a sack. You know, it, it was amazing that type of ability that he had in order to make plays, but do it in a minimum amount of reps. Yeah. And Sam Williams, you were hopeful you know, with what's going on. I mean, there's whispers and I'm saying this is only whispers, you know, would the Cowboys move on from Dorrance Armstrong, you know, but with what they have with Fowler and, and, you know, and, and others, would they move on? Would they try and move on from Dorrance Armstrong? And would Dorrance Armstrong welcome a trade, you know, with Dorrance Armstrong who probably thinks, Hey, I'm not getting paid enough here, you know, maybe I, maybe I need to go somewhere else and, You know, so now you're now Dorrance Armstrong is really back in play because maybe you can't trust Sam Williams completely uh, to do the job. But there there are whispers about moving on from Dorrance Armstrong again, guys and gals, only whispers, things that you hear. Nothing, you know, coming from the Dallas Cowboys as far as, oh, yeah, we're trying to. You know, put Dorrance Armstrong out there. They're, they're just people in league circles that are kind of feeling that maybe Dorrance Armstrong is a guy you could go trade for. So we'll see if uh, – but they might, have to, they might have to circle back the Cowboys if the Sam Williams thing, you know, doesn't get better
3: uh other news coming out of the star this week uh jimmy johnson is going to wait his turn once again (laughs) for the ring of honor just before we get into the mailbag here demarcus ware who was enshrined in the pro football hall of fame just recently is going up in the ring of honor just demarcus ware uh when jerry was asked about that on uh wednesday he 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 did some gymnastics to try and tell you why Jimmy's still not in there, and and even tried to say, well, look, I might put Micah Parsons in there like soon, like you know you don't know what I might do, okay, guys, and so uh, that's where we're at. That, but Demarcus Ware, uh, totally deserving going up there. Are you at all surprised uh, that Jerry didn't put his triplets up there? That it wasn't a Demarcus Ware, Tony Romo, Jason Witten collective going in, or do you think he just viewed it as? look, that's defensive side of the ball. Maybe I'll put Witten and Romo in together, maybe, uh, if I so choose to do that. But DeMarcus Ware is a standalone player. That's the the guy I want to put in here.
2: I kind of feel like, though, that to me, with this ring of honor thing, I think it honestly needs to be an individual thing. I think it's such a great honor to... The thing that's kind of disappointing is that DeMarcus Ware, for as great a player as he is, now his entering the Ring of Honor comes at questions with Jimmy Johnson involved. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, now it's like instead of like celebrating DeMarcus Ware like it needs to be celebrated, it turns into mealy, well, why aren't you putting Jimmy Johnson in? You know, and yeah. now DeMarcus is... Yes, it's a... But I personally feel like the Cowboys need to do it on individual basis. I don't feel like putting multiple guys in because it's such an exclusive group it's such an exclusive group and I I wouldn't want to be everybody else up there appears I mean I I I'm trying to think if there's been any multiple guys that have gone in I think Gil Brandt had his own I think Darren Woodson had his own
3: Darren did have his own
2: Jared uh, yeah uh yeah Drew Pearson I think had his own
3: triplets went in together of course see
2: that's yeah that's that to me is kind of you know, I mean, uh, you know, though yeah, you're going in the ring of honor, it's a great deal. I mean, you know me, I have my issues with with Charles Haley because I'm a big fan of what Harvey Martin did with this organization, you know, before 1989 when the Jones family purchased the team. You know, and that's another fight for another day, but uh, I think I think the thing I'm just saying this, and I said it on the radio yesterday on 1053 the fan on the G-Bag Nation. I don't think this bothers Jimmy Johnson. I don't. I think the most important thing for Jimmy Johnson was he got into the Hall of Fame, you know. And he had a very let's let's be honest, he had a very limited NFL coaching career. Very limited, almost I, like I, John, almost like John Madden. Yeah, know? very
3: similar, very similar, now, I very similar add, with John Madden. But that I do want. I do want to add one note really quickly before you finish your point. I think what mattered to Jimmy he already got, which was not just the Hall of Fame, but the fact that last year, two years ago, whenever it was that he went in the Hall of Fame, that he got a chance to stand in front of the fan base at halftime. Like I think no it was question. big to I think that yeah. I think that was big to him just I, I Ring yeah. of Honor's nice, but I think the fact that he got a chance to step back into the yeah. stadium and talk to Cowboys fans as a member of the Cowboys being honored. I think that's all he wanted. He got a chance to scream how about them Cowboys to 90,000 fans at AT&T yeah. Stadium. That yeah. was what he wanted and he got that.
2: No, absolutely. And one of the biggest ovations you've ever heard in that stadium was for him. You know, and and but yeah, the fact that he is recognized by the the, the nation, the world you know players coach whatever he he is a hall of fame member and you know being in the ring of honor it's it almost seems a little petty right now you know <laughs> but you know if see Charles Haley had to get in a ring of honor to make the hall of fame Charles Haley owes everything everything to Jerry Jones for doing what he did for him but Charles Haley is a San Francisco 49er. He had Eddie DeBartolo present him in Canton. Where yeah. Jerry Jones did everything to try and resuscitate Charles Haley's image, you know, which was not great. No. He is a great player. He is a San Francisco 49ers. He played for you, you know. It's like a Dion Sanders. He is a great player. He played for you. But if you look at the Ring of Honor, it really is the homegrown player. Charles Haley, I believe, is the only one that was a player that wasn't drafted or signed by the Cowboys. Am I right about that? I'm just.
3: I think so.
2: I, yeah. I don't believe there's anybody else in that Ring of Honor that wasn't either drafted. I know Drew Pearson was a free agent uh, in that. I don't remember with Don Perkins and others. That's pre Jerry.
3: Undrafted but, free agent, but he was still yeah. homegrown. Yeah. Homegrown. That's ones, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean his career was with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And Charles Haley was the very first one to ever be in the Ring of Honor that was drafted by some other team. I think I'm right about that. But I anyway. I think you are. So to me, that's that's the things that you know, I my fight is again the Charles Haleys and fans. Guys, gals, I I know what Charles Haley did for this organization. I absolutely respect that. And I respect what Jerry Jones did to get him in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, the fights that are about Jimmy Johnson and the fights that are about uh Harvey Martin, man, those are those are battles that shouldn't be fights. Those are those are guys that should be in your Ring of Honor, which is a very exclusive hell, Bobby. We go to some of these stadiums, Buffalo and you know, and Denver and places like that. They guys you got guys up on the wall. You're like going, oh, okay, I'm just an okay player, Oh, okay. But they might have thirty guys up on that wall. You know, that's what makes this Cowboy one so unique, and the fact that 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 Jimmy Johnson and and Charles and uh, and uh, Harvey Martin are in the Ring of Honor. I'm 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 as a cowboy fan for so many years, kind of disappointed in that.
3: One uh one note here for you before we go to the mailbag. It's on a very small technicality, okay? Uh the Baltimore Colts drafted Don Perkins. But in okay. November in November of 1959, Don Perkins signed a personal services contract with Dallas. And this meant he would play for the Cowboys if and when they received an NFL franchise. So the fact that the Colts drafted him, the Cowboys then got their franchise. And so okay. he essentially reverted. But he back never to the
2: he never played for Baltimore, right? He
3: never played for him. He was drafted by them, technically. But he, he, re- okay. he reverted to the Cowboys because of the contract that he had there. So thanks for looking fun, that. No, no. Just thanks. A fun I, bit I knew of trivia.
2: I knew there was some questions about I knew there was a potential question about Don Perkins. I knew that, but I didn't. uh, Just
3: some fun trivia, though. Uh, So there you go. go. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Selling a little or a lot. to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
3: All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love of the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too they got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia love of the star mailbag. First question here from at I got soul underscore with Leighton Vander Esch being cross-trained to rush the passer. Does Dan (laughs) Quinn plan to use him in a similar role as he did with Anthony Barr last year from what you've seen so far? How has LVE looked rushing the passer? I I don't know about you, Brian. I thought that, you know, he looks comfortable doing it when he's been asked to he's a great athlete He's somebody who's got the size to rush if they wanted him to. And, look, the Cowboys have tried to make linebackers into these hybrid rushers before Barr is one. Jalen Smith is the guy that they tried to do that with on certain situations. I don't know if anything changes for him with the overshown injury, but just your overall thoughts on LVE rushing.
2: Yeah, and that the, the, the fact that Layton gets to rush probably tells you a little bit more about what they think of Damone Clark. You know, and his ability to be able or overshone was going to be that guy to be able to play in the middle, to be able to cover, to be able to play the run. So, yeah, to take Leighton vanderesh out of that that point of attack player and put him as a rusher, I think it's something you're not going to see a whole lot, but it's something, it's a change up. It's a change up late in the game that maybe a defense hasn't thought about, or excuse me, an offense hasn't thought about, you know, all of a sudden, wait, what's 55 doing? We've been setting our protection off that 11 now 11 and 55 are now both rushing so you know maybe it messes you up it it i I could say i don't see it as being an every game kind of thing but maybe it's a little bit of a flexibility uh twist that you got to get somebody home it's a it's a do or die third down get off the field and all of a sudden you're like you throw Layton on the edge and you try and confuse uh, what's going on with the scheme or with the blocking that's, that's what good coaches do. Uh, I think the Leighton stuff, they, I think they wanted to experiment with Leighton just to see if he could do it. And it looks like to me that he is, like you mentioned, he's very comfortable doing it. So I, I don't anticipate, like I say, I don't anticipate something they're going to do every single time, but it might be that late, something like what Bill Belichick does in New England. Bill Belichick will show you a defense at the very end of the game that you haven't seen the whole day. He will he will just morph into something that you haven't seen, and then boom, get you off the field and end the game. And I now, think Dan Quinn's doing the
3: same thing. When we talk about Leighton Vander Esch rushing, what we are talking about for those of you that haven't watched practice Rivers, we are talking about two point stance, like stand up edge rushing. He is off not the been, right edge. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he he's because when they use Jalen Smith as a rusher at times during uh, you know Chris and Mike Nolan, stuff like that. They would actually put his hand in the dirt sometimes and have him yeah. rush off the edge. We haven't seen any of that from Leighton Vanderush. No, this is more stand up rushing and right. blitzing. Just for those of you that are curious, like trying to envision what it looks like. This is not hand in the dirt rushing from Leighton right. Van Der Uh, Next question here from David. And we got this question a lot. People talking about how we know we had mentioned trading some depth maybe for O line mm-hmm. pieces and that maybe we look at something like that. So David's wondering specifically which types of players we might be looking to tap into depth to make a trade, Kelvin Joseph, Jordan Lewis, Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong. These are some of the names that he's thrown out. Is there anybody that stands out to you as like a real obvious option for, Hey, this might be somebody that you move as part of your depth, somebody that would have some value across the league, somebody that you'd feel comfortable giving up because of your depth and be intriguing to another team.
2: Do you have anybody in mind because I need a minute to think about that. i think thinking, Armstrong
3: I think Armstrong, I think Armstrong, or Armstrong Fowler makes yeah. sense. I yeah, think they Armstrong, like I think they like yeah. Fowler too much and Dan Quinn's got a clear affinity right. for Dante Fowler from Atlanta, yeah. Florida and here I don't think he wants to move Fowler. Armstrong makes a lot of sense. If Jordan Lewis were healthy. That's another one I was going to. Yeah. If I Lewis thinking, were healthy, that's a veteran yeah. who's smart, who can play inside, has he's smaller but he's played some outside. He can do it. If you really yeah. want him to, he can do it. Jordan Lewis would make sense if he were healthy. I don't know how. I wonder. It's
2: be. I wonder if people, if you really were just set on having two, and if you're a pro scout and you're evaluating, depending on what you've seen. Okay, you have a college report on Quentin Bohanna, and now you have some NFL tape. His NFL tape hasn't been great, but it 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 was great. This, I mean, you saw some things this this summer that kind of gives you a little hope. So if you were, if you're not keeping, you know, um, I know there's been teams that have asked about Neville Gallimore, my gang of seven guys have asked me about Neville Gallimore and what his story is. Uh, But yeah, I think that you've, I think you've hit on that. Um, The one that people, (laughs) the one that people have, it's kind of a head scratcher, is do you have, would you move for for a significant piece, and again, this is just us talking here. It's not something that, you know. Nobody's I Nobody's reporting rep- anything. Yeah, well, but people are talking about it. Would Michael Gallup, you know, does there value with Michael Gallup, you know, as a potentially a guy that you could move uh, in order to get a major piece? I know that uh, there's people, uh, I've heard some whispers about Josh Jones, the tackle from uh, the Arizona Cardinals.
3: Did you like a, him coming out of Houston?
2: I'll tell you what I didn't think he was bad, but I asked I asked my gang of seven guys about him just because I haven't you know, I haven't watched a lot of Arizona yeah you know, I haven't watched but I like Jones, but my guys told me he goes he's a better tackle than he is a guard he's better at left tackle than he is at right tackle, but as a third or fourth to shore up depth, absolutely a guy to trade for. So that's, that that's a positive, you know, and that's a team that it's starting, you're starting to hear that maybe the Arizona Cardinals would move on from, uh, would move on from a guy like uh, Josh Jones, uh, you know, so keep an eye on stuff like that.
3: Somebody had asked about, and while we're just sitting here talking about Arizona, there was a trade made today. Isaiah Simmons uh, was traded to the New York Giants, and I know he was brought up by Dean Julia. Traded for a seventh-round pick, Brian, the eighth overall pick just a few years ago. He's kind of been positionless, and that was Mm. the concern with him, I think, coming out. was, Was he just sort of a positionless athlete who wasn't a true football player? So just curious, since his name came up, and we're talking about the Cardinals already and them kind of purging a little bit. Uh, what did you think? Obviously, haven't watched a lot of Cardinals tape, I guess. Do you remember what you thought of Simmons coming out? Were you a fan of him? Uh, yes.
2: Yes, because – but you couldn't figure out where to play him. You know, was he a safety? Was he a linebacker? Was this an is edge? What, yeah, was this an edge? <laughs> this is what should worry you, though, if you're a Cowboy fan or a fan of Philadelphia or the Commanders or whoever in the division. The fact that Wink Martindale, the coach there at at, uh, at the Giants – is really good at creating blitz packages and things like that. Yeah, you know he will find a role for Isaiah Simmons. It, and for a it, seventh round pick, man, that that is that is as that is as no brainer as it gets.
3: I mean, if we're talking seventh round picks, and you've just lost Overshone. yeah, that's that would have seemed that, to make some sense. I would think here in Dallas, man, he could have done I, the overshone role. I wish
2: I wish you had called me. <laughs> you know, I wish you to call. You know, and I'm I'm sitting here too. Um, I I wonder, and this is another trade possibility. I wonder what people I wonder if San Francisco really wants from Trey Lance for wants for Trey Lance.
3: I think Tampa makes a lot of sense,
2: but I Trey just Lance. wonder what kind of pick. Yeah. I wonder what kind of pick
3: third overall the, pick in what 2020, 21. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know. I know the Cowboys had a second round grade on him. I know because I, I asked that a long time ago because I was curious, like. You know, when he got picked, I was like, "Where did you guys have?" And they had him fewer, in fewer
3: fewer than five hundred pass attempts between high school, college, and the pros, yeah. which is wild. He went third but overall. But like I'm
2: saying, man, if people are willing to give a seventh round pick for a hybrid player, or you know, maybe it's maybe it's the thing. I my my fear again is if you're a Cowboy fan, is that uh, you know Philadelphia kind of figuring out working out something with the Colts. Yeah. Know, for that running back that yeah. maybe that and there's a there's a you don't have to connect the dots there that head coach was in philadelphia there's a great relationship between howie and chris ballard over there in philadelphia and indianapolis i mean they there's a lot of love between those two organizations and i, I worry about you know chris just giving up you know okay fine you you know i'll take this and move on so you know, a lot of, you know, you, you, man, you hope you're part of some of these calls. You know, I, I mean, like I say, I, for a seventh-round pick for Isaiah Simmons, my gosh, I oof, I could, I need to ask my gang of seven about that one for sure. You know?
3: <laughs> that does it for us here today on the Love of the Star mm. podcast. We've got a uh, final preseason game with the Raiders, and then after that it is uh, time to start looking ahead to the New York football Giants. Isaiah Simmons and the New York football Giants on September 10th. Uh, Brian, I'm already, I'm already all set to go head to New York. Uh, John Machoda and I from The Athletic, we've already bought tickets for Yankees Brewers. So we're going to hit Yankee Stadium in the morning, and then we're going to go on over to uh, you know MetLife and take in Cowboys and Giants in one of the furthest press boxes away from the playing field in the NFL there in New York. But real football is almost upon us. For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby. What's up, Brian? Give it to me.
2: I tell you what, man, don't pull the David Hellman and Rowan Cavender they did something like that. They they almost didn't make kickoff for a night game. Nah, I mean, we're, they, we're we're good yeah, now. we no, going we think
3: these hour and a half long baseball games now with the Don't pitch think clock.
2: about getting on Ubers. You gotta think about trains. There's these these Ubers will only take you so far. Rowan and David Hellman, I got I can't remember what event they went to. They got trapped in the city and just made it barely in time for kickoff for a Giants Cowboys <laughs> Monday night game. So you be careful. You Johnny knows how to travel, but you cats be careful now for sure.
3: Nah, matches got me. I'll I'll be fine. All right, Brian Branas, I'm Bobby Bell. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys later.